Hey, bestie. What's up, girl? Hey, does anyone ever ask you, like, oh, I heard you do a podcast. What's that witty and gritty podcast all about? Yeah, okay, so I usually spit out this robotic sentence that's, we help hardworking Christian women get the growth they want by giving them the tools they need in order to have more joyful and fulfilling lives. So that's usually what I say, but I'm also monotone. Y'all know this. And so it's just like, so Farron, what does that mean? Yes. Well, my response is not as fancy, even (laughs) though I've heard you say that. Lots of times I should know by now. But essentially, I explain that we help people grow in their Christian lives. And through their growth, then they can better fulfill God's calling on their life. Right. So we're book study experts, and we know how to analyze, pull apart, and take that through the Christian lens, and that's kind of what we do here. And so then sometimes people are like, yeah, your self-help books, and they might be mainstream, but we are always sure to bring it back to God and the biblical view. Right, so whether you see a secular book or something that a Christian author's written, just know that when you come here, you're going to get it through a biblical lens. And not just ours. I like that we incorporate interviews by people living out the principles. Yeah, that's for sure. So that's your little bonus if you stick around through the series, which yeah. I hope you will. Yay! Here we go! <laughs> Episode 166 of How to Win Friends and Influence People in the Digital Age. I'm going to try to say it faster every time because we only have a few more episodes of this. Well, you know what? I think you're getting faster <laughs> every time. Uh, repetition, guys. Deliberate practice. Grit miniseries. 19 through 25. <laughs> Quantum Zeno effect. Uh, yeah, see? It's all working. Okay, so we're in, I'll let you say it. Parkour! <laughs> Part four of, <laughs> of the book. And this whole section is about how to lead change without resistance or resentment. So flipping a program or new life phase or new job or any anything like that. Getting new employees, all of that falls all, into the category. Yes, all the things. So we have chapter three which is to call out mistakes quietly. In chapter four, ask questions instead of giving direct orders. Ooh. So we ended last week's episode with admitting your own baggage. So now it comes into the play on when we need to address something, and it's on a one-to-one scale instead of entire corporations. So we've got to address it. Something has happened. That whoopsie doesn't need to happen again. How are we going to approach this in a way that's not going to burn bridges or make them want to quit or not like you. Who cares if they don't like you, but as in like (laughs) not want to put in the effort toward the team goal is what I mean. Yes. Well, turns out most people probably don't like their mistakes called out in front of a bunch of people. Yeah. I mean, maybe someone out there does. They're lying. (laughs) (laughs) They're trying to save face there maybe, but yeah, calling mistakes out Quietly, I struggle with this sometimes, especially in coaching, because it's in the moment it has to happen. They need the redirection because it's going to happen again. Halftime isn't for about 20 minutes, and you're mm-hmm. halfway across the field. i got to project my voice. Right. Well, and I think that's also a part, if it is a circumstance like that, say it. Like, the reason I'm yelling at you is because you're literally 100 yards away. <laughs> I have to yell so you can hear me. I have a player that I had to explain that to. And I, on the side, explained that to her. On the field, I projected my voice at her. <laughs> and I saw her slump. And I said, I yelled then, Remember, you're just really far away. I have to yell so you can hear me. And her shoulders picked back up Yeah, a sometimes bit. they just need a little reminder. Yeah. 
makes me laugh. Oh, but it makes sense. Okay, so I like the opening story. And I would not have responded the same way that Calvin Coolidge did. I'm going to leave it at that. Go by the book. We'll link it in the show notes. But calling attention indirectly to someone's mistakes or missteps works wonders with people who may resent any direct criticism. And that defines most people, <laughs> like we said. So if you can not round about like, oh, I'm not even going to barely even touch this mistake. But what's why are we doing what we're doing? And that will help me understand why we're making those choices. Yeah, and we, with our younger team, have been working on, like, we're a team, we're going to accept some feedback as a team, and the girls want to instantly know, well, was I doing that? Mm -hmm. And you're really good about, because I'm looking at them like, yes, it was you. (laughs) I'm actually talking right to you. I cannot think of anything. (laughs) And so, Brooke is really good about being like, well, that's where you got to stop and think. Did, Did you do that? And they're about to say... No, or I don't think so. Think harder. Maybe you did it. And Even by accident. <laughs> not saying you meant yes. to. <laughs> so there are some people that you'll try to be. I remember in the classroom, like, I need everyone to try. Oh, my oldest is struggling with this. Sorry if I've already shared it. We're in testing season this spring. And the teacher, without wanting to call certain students out, is going on and on about how important this test is. And you got to work hard or you won't pass it. And so I'm having to speak life into my daughter mm-hmm. that if she goes and tr- we're fortunate that if she gives half an effort, she's going to at least pass. But she's taking what the teacher says to heart. And it's like, you do realize the alternative to her saying it to the group is that she would have to call out names and that would be pretty embarrassing. And you can't do that. And so, <laughs> in that setting, legally. Yeah, I, as an adult, am still working on when someone says mm-hmm. something in general to self evaluate and be okay with. I don't think that applies to me. But for those people that don't think it applies to uh, them. Yes, that's when you got to do some digging. Then maybe a uh, meeting. And that's that's why you're getting called in the meeting. Because <laughs> you think it's not you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, I did like this part where um, he actually pulled it from John Maxwell. Hey which yo. is episodes one through eight. We did one of his books, not the one they mentioned in here. Uh, we did Laws of Growth. This is Laws of Leadership, which is a great book. You should read it. Uh, talking about how if you're asking someone to do something and then as the leader you're not doing it, all that is modeling is I'm either going to make you do something I don't want to do mm-hmm. or this behavior is not really that important. Yes. Which is it? Both are not good. So we've got to model whatever we're asking of our people. Modeling is key. I find with my older group of girls, they do have respect for me. Great team. All the things. But if I have a ringleader who... Maybe everyone thinks it's like cool or mm-hmm. awesome. And they're not listening to me. I'll pull that ringleader over to the side and say, hey, I want to give you this opportunity to lead stretches today. Yep. You think you can do it? And what's happened is they start to lead them and people aren't listening. And in their own, you know, friendship way, girls, you know, their peer-like relationships, they're like, hey, guys, come on. And they're like, oh, oh, okay, okay. Mm-hmm. And so it could have turned into this ugly thing and me demanding attention and respect and we need to get this done. But one, this person who naturally has this influence over a group, I'm setting up in a positive realm to practice some leadership skills. And ultimately my goal is for the girls to get through stretches, get through warm up so they're safe, but also so we can move on to practice. 
So sometimes if you're finding that I'm modeling and modeling and modeling and no one's even looking at me, well, mm-hmm. then maybe find someone in your organization that seems to have this natural charisma and leadership and give them that opportunity to model for the greater good. Yeah, you can even begin to speak life in them and, hey, I see that you have leadership qualities. I want to help foster that. Are you, are you good with that? Do you want to be a leader? Mm-hmm. Uh, if, they, if they do. I mean, obviously, you can have conversations with the people about that, especially in the workforce. I think that's going to be great. Yes, and a lot of times, um, the older two have heard this, that like, I can't tell you yes, because if I tell you yes, younger mm-hmm. one's going to want to do it. So mm-hmm. if you have certain questions that you think I might say yes to on the side, then come, to, You're come right. ask me on the side. But in front of this group, I cannot let you do that. Right. Um, and that could look different in a company setting, so I don't know that that analogy applies to both of those. But my kids are aware that they are being role models for everybody else as well. Right. So those three steps would be identify who are those leaders in there who have the most influence and then coach them up, like explicitly say, hey, I think you're a good leader and good leaders do this, 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 this. And then the next one is develop a community approach and then make any changes possible to the resources available. So if you need them to do a certain thing and they're not doing it because of transportation or because of whatever it is what can you do on your leadership end to make it less friction and that made me think of our atomic habits mini series which is episodes 103 through 111 so how can you reduce the friction to get the leaders to be able to do the things you need them to do yes there's another really good story in here um i don't know much about planes or jets but essentially yeah. this skilled pilot was flying some type of plane mm-hmm. some type of Aircraft. Yes, an old one, (laughs) and it was filled with incorrect fuel. Mm -hmm. And so, shortly after takeoff, he had to maneuver the plane to safely land it. It was quite skilled. This reminds me of the story with the umpire in the baseball game. Yeah, yeah. But Mm -hmm. we won't be redundant with that one. Um, And his response was very much the same. That he went to him, hugged him, knew how sorry the guy was. The guy was in tears. But here's one more thing that makes it a little bit different is he told the guy to show that I'm sure you'll never do this again I want you to service my planes so I think most people's response was fire the guy fire the guy don't ever (laughs) let him touch a plane again Mm -hmm. and my big takeaway from the story was that so many people don't want to fail at something and I think it's because they haven't been given the opportunity to redeem themselves in yeah. a lot of situations. Um, my oh, middle man. child, she wants to pour her own drinks. And while <laughs> I should be... Gallon of milk, you got it? So thrilled <laughs> to hit another milestone where I'm not filling sippy cups like a bartender constantly. Slinging drinks. Apple juice. Dear Lord, we've juice. had a lot of spills. And not <laughs> just little ones. That's the only way to get ones. better. Not little ones, like like you said. Gallon. Like the cup spills and they're in shock and they're still holding the gallon of apple juice at an angle and it's pouring. Pick it up, pick it up. Pick it up. Yes. Oh, and so oh I've had goodness. to take a breath. Mm-hmm. And my first response is, we'll try again when you're older or something like that, right? <laughs> yeah. But guess what? She can pour a brand new gallon of milk with Maybe a dribble. You know when you open yeah, a brand uh-huh. new one? Mm-hmm. I mean, there's even a little dribble it, it there. It still happens. I'm 35. Yes. <laughs> but she, as a seven-year-old, can pour 
not only a drink for herself, but now she's pouring drinks for her sisters. Mm-hmm. Hey, yeah, mommy milestone. So I think that as parents, or especially as leaders and influencers with young people, when they're making mistakes, we got to give them a chance to redo it. I've had uh, players miss penalty kicks before, and if you never give them a chance to ever take one, for a while at least, or ever again, mm-hmm. they're gonna block. they're gonna create the narrative that I can't do it. Mm-hmm. So we need to give um, even throw-ins. Man, mm-hmm. they lift their foot. <laughs> oh, you're not throwing it in the rest of the game. Well, they haven't had a chance to redeem themselves. I like that you actually use the words "redeem yourself" twofold. Reason number one, I would actually use those words in when I coached high school girls, and I would just yell, "Redeem yourself." And it was just so funny because then the captains would start saying that. Like, nah, no, you're going to take this. Go redeem yourself. I'm like, yes. And second reason, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> the guy who gives, you know, all the redemption. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> Thanks for that. <laughs> and, you know, just I think it goes back to this idea of, like, I must be perfect. And so then we're indirectly or directly cultivating this idea of perfectionism and which is not real. Being perfect isn't real, except, again, for Jesus. You can still have outrageously high expectations Mm -hmm. without being a perfectionist is something I've recently come to. (laughs) So in this chapter, he talks about it, and he goes, there's mistakes, and there are mistakes. So some mistakes are just either you didn't know or you had a memory lapse. For some reason, maybe you were thinking about oh, you know, I stayed up all night with my newborn and oh. I did not hit, I did not spell check before I sent that email. <laughs> and the word shirt got spelled wrong. I don't know. <laughs> That's a tough one. True story, not me, but it was another coach. <laughs> shirt and sheet. Playoff shirt for sale. <laughs> that was awesome. They were just like, oh my gosh. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Mass emails. Anyway. That would encourage me to buy more. <laughs> it was awesome. So I just wrote back in all uh, homophones that I said, we all make mistakes. <laughs> Nobody's perfect. <laughs> this is best. I love it. Anyway, but then there are also mistakes where they're doing it out of like vindictive reasoning or payback or whatever. Like you're erring, you're making an error on purpose to hurt someone else and you don't care if you're also the casualty in some cases too. Mm-hmm. So two different kinds of mistakes. One of them yes, let's address it. And the other one is, let's talk about core values real quick. Mm -hmm. So again, you got to address it either way, but it definitely helps to know the motivation behind things. I love the last line in this chapter. It talks about, we need to call out mistakes quietly and return people back to the place of confidence and strength. Yeah. Twofold. And I think that you have to address the mistake the right way, because even if you get them the opportunity to redeem themselves, you could leave some deep wounds. For sure. And how you do the front end of that. So both are important. Love it. Okay. Chapter four of parkour. Ask questions instead of giving direct orders. <laughs> You're really good at this one, Farron. I feel like this is a skill set that you are good at. Because there, <laughs> there are times where I'm like, Farron, how do I talk to my kid about this? And you say, ask questions. And to which I say, what questions? And then you give me three. And then I say, okay, Farron, I did it. Uh, what other questions do we need to ask? <laughs> I need I more questions. Uh, what else do I say? So you're really good at this one. I will tell you I've learned the hard way. I've approached so many conversations because I do feel like I can read people pretty well most of the time. 
Um, but I have had to insert my foot into my mouth a few times, well, a lot of times. And so I try to begin a lot of conversations with questions that directly will either say, yes, your current understanding is correct, or no, that's not correct. And if it's not correct, then you're going to get more questions. Yes. <laughs> but I find that going into a conversation with a misunderstanding or perception doesn't the conversation can turn out well, but it doesn't go as smoothly mm-hmm. as you would have maybe hoped. So I actually ask questions for me, if we're being honest. <laughs> for me to help them. So it help does help you with good. Yes, help me to help you. And I like what um, Captain, how do you say that? Abershoff. Yeah, that guy. He says he wants to link our goals. And so in order for us to link goals, be on the same page, be heading the same direction, mm-hmm. I find that answering questions to see where they're at helps us bridge our paths together. For sure. Oh, I like this part. Asking questions not only makes an order more palatable and reduces resentment, it often stimulates creativity and innovation in solving a problem at hand. So if we're, again, the common goal, let's say we have the common goal of traveling to Austin to Go hang out for a weekend. Yes, yeah, that's great. <laughs> I like that idea. Oh, but I might ask you, like, how? what day would you prefer to go, or how would you like to get there, or what do you want to do? I mean, we have the same goal, but it might look a couple different ways, but then that helps us be creative in the method as well, because I might be thinking, <laughs> Enneagram 1, there is a right way to do it, and there is every other way is wrong, except okay. with eights also. <laughs> so being able to get out of that black and white thinking that is helpful if you ask some questions. And this isn't to be, again, manipulative at all, but let's say your scenario you just gave. I know that there's going to be a lot that would go into such adventure, and I might approach Jacob and say, I would really like to go on an Austin trip with Brooke. I'm not sure how we could coordinate that to work. And so he might say, well, when do you want to go? And I might respond with, well, what is there a week that would work best for you? Haha, question with a question. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the discussion, what I think I'm conveying in that is I've considered his schedule. He's involved in it, so that way he gets some say in how it's executed. But ultimately, he would love for me to get to go on a yeah, trip. Because you didn't even say, I am going to go on a trip. You That's said, the alternative. I, I would like. I would like to. Me and Brooke are going on a trip the second week of Austin, and I don't know what you're going to do with the kids, but you're going to have to figure it out because I figure everything out. (laughs) That's not true. But, you know, there's two different ways that conversation could definitely go. For sure. And I think of it as like the Bugs Bunny effect in the Book of Aaron. (laughs) It's kind of like when he tricks Elmer Fudd or uh, Daffy Duck or... Tasmanian devil to like eat someone else or hunt Mm -hmm. someone else or for them to like give in to their way again sounds very manipulative and it is he is manipulative but his tactic is to use questions he's not using brute force he's not anything like that so don't use your powers for evil but if it works for Bugs Bunny it must be a good tactic (laughs) Ask ask questions well and if you're a leader if or if someone's in leading me and they ask me my opinion, that's awesome. That's smart. As a leader, I'm giving feedback. And at the end of the day, if those are the people in the trenches, don't you want them to be more efficient, effective, and joyful doing what they're doing? Yes. So getting their feedback is important. Uh-huh. And if that means, hey, let's cater meals on Fridays if we have the funds <laughs> to. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I feel valued, too. 
Mm-hmm. Now, th- there are some times where your questions, you know, you get asked, and it seems like they didn't even hear you. But mm. just remember, maybe take a step back and see that there's 50 different people that answered 50 different ways, and they can't. Well, and leaders also it, say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it, don't, be, don't keep them in the dark. Right. Okay, I'll, I'll get back to you in six months to a year. What? Right. <laughs> yes. So Give them a win. Give them some information. Don't keep them in the dark. They're and, not mushrooms. And when you deliver information, you can say, these were some considerations or some concerns that were brought to my attention. Mm-hmm. While we're not able to address those now, I hope to address those in the future. So making plans, putting plans in place to get to those and we'll follow up. I mean, it's communication, a lot of communication. Be good. This chapter is all about asking questions and it makes me think that there's a chapter on it because maybe people don't ask questions, right? Well, a lot of times bosses don't want to know the answers. That is one thing that in this chapter, I mean, I'm not bashing the writer at all, but I feel like we didn't quite get to that punchline of it. And I know that as a leader that we might not want to ask because we're afraid of what that answer is going to be. Um, It could be that way in a relationship. Yep. Even if you're like, how can I love you better? What can I do so you feel loved? Oh, man, that's a lot of vulnerability. Uh You got to be ready to hear what that answer is. And then to apply. Because, yeah, by asking, now you know. So you can't play like... Now you're intentionally being a jerk. Yeah, I didn't (laughs) know that was an issue. Now you have the knowledge and... Depending on what they say, it could be something you're not ready to hear. Mm -hmm. So I think one takeaway from this chapter that maybe wasn't in the book is to dive deep. Are you asking questions that need to be addressed? And if you aren't, why not? Mm -hmm. Also, it could you could be worried that it makes you look like you should know these answers, so you can't ask them. Because then people might think less of you. That's why you can give open-ended questions as well. And also, wouldn't you rather, coming from not the leader, wouldn't you rather be um, asked a question than given an order? Mm -hmm. I'd rather say, hey, or someone say, hey, how would you, if you were in this situation, how would you work towards this goal? Oh, well, I'd probably do this, this, this. Oh, well, uh, can I help you do that? Does that seem unreasonable? Mm -hmm. Again, question, question. Right after that. Yeah. Recently, I the girls got invited to go do something fun, but the house was a wreck. Mm. And so I wanted to say no. Mm-hmm. Jacob balances me out sometimes with their kids. We'll, we'll clean the house another day. All the things. And so I went to the girls and I said, I need y'all's help. And they said, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes, mom? I said, well, we got invited to do this fun thing. Didn't tell them what it was yet. But we have to get the house clean today, and I just don't see how we can do both. And they were like, well, well we could just clean faster. <laughs> and I was like, That's well, really good idea. I don't know if you can. I mean, <laughs> so here's what they want. Here's the fun thing. But do you think you can get the house clean in this amount of time so that way we can do both? And they were like, Yeah. Now, the alternative is I could have said, hey, we got invited to do this fun thing. We're going to go, but you have to clean first. Okay. Right? To I'm cutting you off in the middle of your go thought. Go for it. No, that was the end. Because what is that teaching them later? I, it's teaching them not, I'm not saying you want them to have a love for cleaning, but you want them to want to like to have a, a picked up house or an environment or not walking through like, 
slob all the time. <laughs> yeah. Okay, that's so that's a thing you want to instill in someone else is we don't have to live slovenly if we don't want to. So to be like, well, you can't. It's I don't like it as a punishment. I don't <laughs> like cleaning as a punishment because it's a skill set they're going to need forever. Yeah, they should be living in a clean environment, and I would love for them to do every fun opportunity. Can yeah. they help me in the process of finding a way to do both? Because yeah. both are valuable. One is not a punishment. One is not necessarily a reward because that can set up mm-hmm. a whole new mindset mm-hmm. too. Um, so instead, these are both of value and importance. One probably is more valuable than more fun. <laughs> but conveying that, like, hey, we have this priority and we owe it to ourselves and the family that we want to live in a nice yeah, environment. Responsibility. Responsibilities, too. Yeah. How do you, can you have fun but make sure your responsibilities are done? So they grinded it out. They got it done. Fastest, maybe not most quality, <laughs> but fastest I've seen. Pass the test. Yeah, it's a starting point. So. Yes. And th- you know what? They're only going to get better the more they do that. Room to grow. Yay. <laughs> Look at that. Like buying shoes. Oh, <laughs> uh, yes. True, true. Okay. So that's episode 166. Tune in next week for more of parkour. Parkour. Everybody go practice parkour <laughs> over the week. <laughs> Bye. We're really good at segues. <laughs> and sound effects, right. Yes, so that's the end of our episode. But if you find yourself wanting more, and who could blame you? Brooke, <laughs> tell them where they can find us we, Monday through Friday. We have a lovely website. It's wittyandgritty.blog. You can go there. It has every mini-series ever we've done. What about the socials, Baron? Yes, we are on Instagram and Facebook primarily, but we yeah. do also have um, a Pinterest account, so be sure to follow us on your favorite social platform. Yeah. Oh, also, fun fact, we release episodes every Wednesday, so you can count on us. Be sure to subscribe. That way you don't have to go and find it every week. Yeah, it'll just automatically do the magic computery thingy. Thank you, technology. Go technologies and Uh, Instagrams. Yes. All right, we'll catch you next week, guys. Bye. This episode is brought to you by the Witty and Gritty 5-Minute Mini Journal. It's centered around Ephesians 6, 10 through 18, known as the Armor of God. Once you download this freebie, over the next seven days, take a few minutes each day and dive into what the armor of God is and why it's important to Christians in their daily walk. You can find this at wittyandgritty.blog. We'll link it in the show notes.